आई वी एम वेलकम टू ऑडियो ज्ञान विद केदार निमकर a podcast that documents insightful conversations with indian designers artists musicians writers thinkers and creatives of all types catch us on itunes or visit audiogyan.com for more gyan sessions here's your host kedar nimkar today's audio gyan is one of the few gratifying interviews done so far i'm pleased to have professor mahendra patel with us mahendra sir retired as a senior faculty member from national institute of design ahmedabad after his long journey of 39 years of teaching students that's almost four generations of mentoring young talent he studied at msu baroda at nid followed by a degree in advanced graphic design at school of design basel switzerland in 1971 he went to work on type design projects at frutiger paris he has worked on type design development projects in devanagari tamil bengali gujarati kannada malayalam and tamil scripts and now plans to work on matching font design families across all nine major indian scripts he was awarded the guttenberg award for the year 2010 by the international guttenberg society germany this award is instituted in 1968 to recognize outstanding artistic technical and scientific attainments in the art of printing there have been only just 17 awardees so far and mahendra patel is one of them this award is given to him for the, his recognition in the work of the type design development in indian scripts and maps and signage design system for several cities now given my background and some rudimentary knowledge about design typography and fonts i'll be asking some basic yet uh, hopefully insightful questions on font typeface typography font authors and more as we go along hello sir welcome to audio gyan and thanks for giving us your time Oh, I am also pleased to be on your show. <laughs> no, sir, uh, it's an honor to have you. Actually, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the first thing uh, which I wanted to ask you is, uh, what is a font? Uh, like, what is the difference between font family and uh, a typeface? Okay, basically, what is the difference between font and typeface? Uh, typeface is a old technology of a hot metal before computer came in, uh, where we used to cast type. and assemble casted letter from together to make a text now individual people their own style so uh, is separate so that is called a typeface like i am different than than kedar so individual identity of a type is called a typeface in early time typeface was also casted in different sizes and thing so uh, whole typeface uh, would be casted in different size while in font now it is digital so font is designed uh, in a outline format uh, to be it, it, as a data for a computer and same thing font is also known by individual name one and then sometimes name is relevant sometimes name is not relevant for example if you say futura it means somebody has designed a font which will be for future or helvetica somebody has designed font from switzerland or a name baskar really means baskar will have designed that font he gave the name sometimes people give name like uh, let's say for the children or, or what they like some people give relevant name some people give just the name for their own other things so name has nothing to do with characteristic of font but nowadays in professional field people are trying to give a name which 
indicates somewhat their intention, business, distribution, or a use. Font family is a same name, but it is an option user has it. So within the same style, you can select for different uses like emphasis, hierarchy, impact, port. So different different type of uh, colors or different type of uh, text variant within the same style in terms of weight, which is fine, light, normal, bold, black, ultra black. Or in terms of width, which is condensed, extra condensed, normal or expanded. Or in terms of slant, some people call it uh, uh, upright and italic. So that is called a family. And nowadays also there is a new trend to create a family across styles. <laughs> so it follows some sort of a general characteristic. This is called a type style. So for example, there are serif style, there are sans serif style, or there is a paint style and there is a monoline style and decorative style. There are three basic categories. Anybody who designs one, they follow in classical paint format, which paint is generally referred to uh, platonic paint, whether it is Indian or uh, Western. In Roman, it, it, that was quill paint in India. In North India, we used to use uh, reed paint. In South India, they use quill paint in a different manner than litting paint. When there's linear paint means there's no thick and thin, and like a marker when you write, and same thickness is produced, it is called sans serif or monoline. Because sans serif says without serif, an Indian language it doesn't have serif. We have zero rekha. And South Indian language it doesn't have even zero rekha. So with India, we call it classic paint form or monoline form. <laughs> But why do these uh, keep evolving? I mean, earlier we probably used to have just serif and sans serif. So now we also have uh, something called as semi-serif or... Uh, so why, like, how do these uh, uh, font families evolve or why do they evolve uh, in the first place? Well, human mind and uh, communication market always is in need of change and something new, something different. So it is a fusion between serif and sans serif and sometimes serif is used as a design element and not as a functional element. So they, they can create a variant of different identity either in their particular new design or new font or new typeface that is happening nowadays. Sometimes it is beyond serif, beyond sans serif they call and they create a, what they call uh, fancy or decorative style. Basically, any font you design have a two basic function or three basic functions. One is readability. Readability is the comfort and ease of reading. Some like your geographic book, history book, which is read from pages to pages. The comfort of reading and not going uh, miss, missing a line or uh, having a taste and reading. So that is called readable text, the reading text. So typeface for there is different. There is something called title cases or display font, which is used for emphasis. Emphasis can be a title, subtitle, even it can be footnote, punchline, poster, signages, all those things. Even link names and all would come in display fonts. And something third is categories uh, used is what they call uh, festive, fancy, decorative use. 
for marriage card, for invitations, for uh, fashion house, sort of very expressive individualistic uses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so in the in the designer community, at least uh, uh, there's a there's a common thing which uh, where designers say that uh, Comic Sans is a very ugly font. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, removing uh, or ignoring the biases, how can one judge or comment or uh, even gauge uh, that which is a good font and which is not? Uh, how can one do that? Uh, uh, actually, font has nothing to do with good or bad. It is its use how we make it. So if you do appropriate use, comic font, for example, if you use for a children and handwriting and individual expressions, it works. So what I would say is font is determined based on what is the use, what is the technology, what is the subject, and who are the users, age group, or their profile. And then that is called typography. What should be appropriate and what should not be appropriate while using the font. Even like whether you use all capital or capital letter or capitalizations, depends on where you use and how do you use it. That creates what what is called readability and legibility balance. So serif font or classic font, flat nip font, in our case, read paint form in Devanagari or Gujarati or Bengali, would be more appropriate for a uh, what you call day-to-day reading, uh, heavy reading text. But even heavy reading text for on computer, for example, because it's technology, screen, then uh, thick and thin font get lost. Because font, readable text is never small, big sizes. They are coming in small sizes to, to render that small size with difference of thickness and flow becomes very difficult on the screen because of pixelation. So, so monoline or sans serif would work better on a mobile or a screen-based computer and all. Now, robotics is a new science and new people, mindset is different. So even on paper, you use sans serif or monoline. Or if you are talking about early Sanskrit and Puran, Mahabharat and all, even on computer by line, it can be serif. Even when we use little readability, it can be larger size. Because readability is not only the thing. You, you, you enlarge the size or use appropriate weight, it can be readable. It is like how you manage it. That is called typography. Mm-hmm. But we have always seen a general trend of uh, uh, like people using a particular font uh, in a given generation. Like, for example, uh, uh, like there's a wave where everyone is using sans serif because the digital media is uh, booming. And uh, so there are these different uh, uh, eras where different kinds of form, uh, fonts are explored, right? Um, but I believe that every font uh, face has a particular emotion. Uh, so And that needs to be understood to... Uh, use that in a proper context. So, uh, how does that work? I mean, uh, uh, how how can one identify what emotion the font uh, evokes? There are uh, font on its own is seen as black and white. When you talk about emotion and expression, it is not only black and white. There is a color, there is a size, 
there's alignment, there's use of capital lower cases, there's a spacing between letters, there's spacing between lines, there's, a, uh, there's many element tracking. So all those things you have, you work out and you create intended impact or effect or expression of a typeface. For example, when you use sans serif and use a pink color from what you call feminine, soft, or light gray color. If you sans serif and use bold and uh, harsh, let's say, uh, steel blue color, gray blue color, then it becomes industrial. It doesn't become soft. So it depends on color also. If you use sans serif and use extra bold or a let's say, modern type without bracketing, it become corporate font. Uh, no, sir. Actually, I'm referring to the the uh, inherent font quality itself. I mean, uh, if you if you compare uh, uh, Helvetica or an uh, Arial uh, against each other in plain black and white itself, they evoke a different feeling. Uh, I mean, one feels like a good and the other one is probably great. So what is that difference? I mean... I'm not able to uh, articulate, but you know what I mean, right? Helvetica and in your typefaces, even though text to some extent, were designed in early time where there was no, it is a first font which is very much driven by construction, graphic construction on vertical and horizontal axis. So it is more drawn font and away from written fonts. There are few letters which are influenced by writing. While Frutiger or uh, Vardana or other fonts, they are influenced by, so they are more, what you call, graphic but humanistic. They have, they have considered the writing flow and readability as major thing and not only legibility as a major thing while designing. So it is more humanistic graphic. Now there are fonts like Futura, Gilson, all very, very early geometric fonts. They are very much geometric, more emphasis than graphic or even humanistic writing. So when, for example, if architect is using for their building, Futura, Gilson may go better. If, if uh, you are using for signage, newer or a... Uh, Helvetica would go better because there are only two or three words you are using. But if you are using for a scientific research paper or a even huge signage system like whole city, then Frutiger would go better because it is not only uh, graphic, it is going to be to all the type of people, thousands of people every day. So it depends on how comfortable you want to make users. That's why you use humanistic graphic font for them. As I told you earlier, anything which is contextually, relevantly, appropriately used becomes always good. You give me any font, I can make it good typography of it. But there are certain inherent characteristics. You cannot make Futura a text font. It, it, after some time, you get uh, what you call taste or Frutiga or Helvetica, it was earlier as a, what you call advertising, display, or few, uh, not a heavy text. But if you have 300 pages with Helvetica, you would get uh, uh, mad. But if you have same thing with Frutiga, you want, because they have been designed for that purpose. That is inherent characteristic, intended characteristic of a font. Mm -hmm. 
but then uh, apart from uh, like having a theoretical knowledge about uh, all this thing uh, in the practical world how can uh, what could be the process of understanding as to pick this font over that or this font is uh, actually perfect for this kind of a uh, setting or this kind of a design how how can one pick that okay if you don't know the basic element of typography or a font best thing would be create a 10 point and 12 point text around 800 words make your user read it and study your user's response and preferences and then you decide on it this is normally for a text font for a display font you have to understand how does it relate and distinguish emphasize the title or the thing how does it distinguish and then are there enough distinguish now the distinguish is can be brought by many things size capital lower case color underlining <laughs> there 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 are which is called the uh, hazar typographic not hazar but few uh, 10 20 typographic tricks we can emphasize or distinguish things so that require if i tell you very frankly a design sensitivity and also understanding of what you were calling earlier the type family and type element of typography not type family element also of typography which is cases alignments uh, spacing which is there uh, what is difference between tacking kerning word space line space uh, uh, what is called gutter space uh, the organization also play, play a big role which we call grid or a Uh, uh, harmony, rhythm, balance, contrast. How does it relate to each other? Either to picture or other thing. So it is. It is like cooking. Uh, when we cook rice, it does not a whole meal. Rice is not a meal. Rice is one of it. When you want to create a meal, typography, type design, or a font is one part of it. Rest of them become how where you place what type of how much spices you put to it whether you boil fry all those things which is called typography. Hmm, that's a pretty interesting perspective to look at uh, uh, fonts. Uh, sir, we'll slightly change tracks here, and I wanted to ask you uh, why are these font designers uh, called as authors? Uh, there are these uh, authors of font, right? So why are they called authors? Okay. Now, before came of photo typesetting and computer, it was only hot metal. In hot metal, to design a type, to engrave the type, to make a master matrix and cast, and then cast in particular size would take <coughs> around two to three years. So it was, <coughs> and it requires lots of precision and. hand and mechanical skills including metallurgy because it includes casting and making matrix to cut so it it was a very very highly precision and skillful job modern design that's why it, the ownership was very high and people were very proud to have their own font printers or foundries and they were selling it even they can't copy it that's why the authoring and the individual some many early typists had a name of a person baskerville garamond bodoni their own name because they were very proud 
the, the ownership was very strong. With advent of photography, things become little easier because then you you draw it, you don't cut it, you don't put, uh, mold it. So it becomes little liberal, but still there was a uh, understanding of optic uh, to create a glass matrix or a film matrix which uh, has to go through a light exposure. It was also require high sensitivity of optical understanding and correction. Then came computer. In computer drawing, in earlier it was pixel based, later on it became outline font. And now, after photographer and font lab, it has become very easy to design a font with a database. And you can draw directly and very precisely alignment, size, spacing. You cannot imagine that much precision you can work with and very easily. It becomes a very user-friendly design tool. Nowadays, many people take the earlier font and uh, redesign it, revise it, and say, Bodoni Next, Bodoni New, like that. They would give that name with respect because those fonts were living there for 800 to 1,000 years. Now, the font doesn't have life more than, let's say, 10 years. Hardly before it gets popular, new font comes. So, things, uh, the ownership and the pride of designing an original font is not as much. But there's new thing emerging nowadays, which is called branding. Uh, most of the companies want to have their own brand. Most of the designers, most of the design offices, most of the publishers. So, customized fonts, are take would be taking IBM was the first one. Nowadays there would be many companies like Vodafone and other multinational even small companies prefer that they modify fonts and customize fonts. And digital font cannot be copied unless until you create a uh, outline font. So they modify nowadays even copying font, renaming font, pirating font becomes so easy and accessible. So the ownership or name has milded down. Mm-hmm. Making the font run for like 800 and 1000 years is like a huge achievement. Uh, but this especially happened in the Western countries, right? I mean, uh, the, the Bodoni or the Garamond, uh, these, uh, these authors uh, designed. At the same time, uh, was there uh, evolution happening or was there... What was the scene uh, in India which was happening uh, in terms of evolution of fonts and uh, uh, font authors? Uh, uh, yeah, Nina Sagar was the first foundry who created a font, very elegant font for hot metal in India. Then Nina Sagar. And then Monotype uh, took the inspiration from it and got a very good Devanagari font. So all earlier font were very much influenced by Nina Sagar font and Monotype font. There are few early efforts, but I think real effort started. The first visible effort was R.K. Joshi's Mangal. That is the breakthrough. In terms of efforts, NID started, but we didn't have good luck to have any font for the public. They designed font for a customized font for exhibitions and all those things. Then latest uh, font... Uh, uh, we have, I have designed one for linotype, Devnagri, as a respect to my own teacher. I have uh, worked on that. 
and uh, uh, Girish, after his PhD, has got that Ek Mukta Devunagri. So these are the most popular fonts nowadays and very user-friendly fonts in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, sir, I'll slightly get into one technical question which uh, personally even I wanted uh, an answer for this. Uh, is that if you see a particular font uh, and when you write a word using that font, uh, so there are these sequence of characters which uh, which uh, are there in front of you. Uh, so mathematically, uh, the distance between the two characters uh, is uh, correct, but sometimes they visually feel off. Uh, you know what I mean? The 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 harmony is slightly off, and it is then corrected by the author itself. Uh, so why does this happen and uh, uh, how can one fix this maybe? Okay, uh, now, now with open type, what you call Unicode font and open type font, you can combine even individual fonts differently. So ka connecting to your and ka connecting to, let's say, ma would be at different position. Now, earlier, because we were rigid, that half ka and ma connects it. Or half curve and your current half curve doesn't change. With open type font, you can have conjunctions as many as you want. So that there is anchoring new uh, this uh, font lab has anchoring points, which you can anchor to a right point. So uh, it is all all what they call programming. Thing. A font designer has to understand how programmer works and work. So in other words, uh, there is a language engineering to construct text out of letter form. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, then what, like, what are the design challenges uh, while designing uh, a Devanagari font or any of the Indian scripts? Uh? Okay. Now, all technical people and all business people, those who have a very good ideas and very good access to society and understanding of society, uh, predicting the needs and all, may not have, they have design understanding, design knowledge, but not necessarily design skill and design sensitivity. Uh, uh, there should be consistency. So there is, uh, you have to bring harmony in contrasting elements, which requires thorough understanding what contributes to the readable, readable, readability of, and what is harmony in seemingly very different letter form. And it is spacing, it is uh, styling, it is alignment, uh, it is stroke treatment, it is joint treatment, all those things which is hidden. And designer take care. So user may not see it, but user would immediately benefit, feel it. The mobile we use, we don't understand what technical people might have uh, selected for behind it. Same thing happens on a pond. On surface, it looks look like a cargo, but people have all that knowledge which contributes a good readable uh, text. Mm-hmm. So you are saying, uh, say, suppose uh, G and C, they uh, might look visually very uh, in yeah. harmony, but uh, yeah, uh, and uh, in terms of contrast, we need to bring in a lot more. There has to be recognizability. That is called recognizing differences between characters because they have to be different. But when you read, the difference disappears. You read the word, or you don't even, you, when you scan the text or read the text, you don't scan, you don't read. You just scan through. 
so so managing spacing managing form managing strokes is uh, designing in a manner that it brings harmony into it yeah that require little training it's not difficult at all it requires some sort of dedication and commitment from people and as type design is easily copied very few people uh, find it uh, professionally exciting but it doesn't pay well people can easily you design a new font within two or three people you are lucky who would buy it within that people there would be 20 people who would be copying you mm-hmm. Uh, so coming back to the earlier point which you were discussing that uh, people generally use a, a serif font and a sans serif say for example uh, one can use uh, helvetica along with garamond right so what is the science behind using this uh, two uh, different types of uh, font faces right i mean uh, there could be a serif and a sans serif or a, a, or a monotype and a, a, a courier a slab font so uh, what is the science okay it depends how much differentiation and how much hierarchy or emphasis you want to give so if you want to give a hierarchy which is not very uh, strong but subtle higher subtle way sophistication then you use typographically bold and larger and color and don't change the font to make the font bolder larger and you add the color in order to distinguish it if you want further distinguishes many people go for from up capital lowercase to capitalization or all capital now that if that is not enough and you want to have what you call obvious difference then one would uh, contrast serif with sans serif or sans serif with serif now there is something called text gray when you see the text text uh, text uh, columns and pages you feel certain texture luster and gray value which is uh, all holistic sometimes some letters because of a contrast and treatment to the ending looks little what you call harsh or rough some are more smooth so it depends on what type of texture is pleasing to the eye or required for your text that can be easily manipulated by using color even if it is harsh and you use let's say 80% black it will boil down so that that what i in the morning uh, before lunch when we discussed i told you that typography is different than type design mm mm-hmm. true obviously it gets intense as you go deeper into the subject but uh, zooming out a bit i wanted to ask you uh, uh, as a concluding uh, question that what what kind of uh, advice can you give for the younger generations for the aspiring designers to uh, be sensitive to typography how important uh, typography or understanding of fonts is important in a social context as well uh, uh, any any suggestions well let us see uh, whatever we read see information around us almost 80% 70 to 80% is text based either spoken written or whatever it is and more and more intelligent intelligent world we go so uh, importance understanding typography and role of typography and you uh, manipulate or explore it to our is the greater thing so what i was telling you that uh, text would always rule the world and in order to make a good communication her understanding 
of what makes the text and what is the role of font and typography would be would be very important no doubt images are very important but if you notice photography and illustration are going through the same thing what typography has is going through now camera even mobile can shoot and manipulate images so uh, the whole world is becoming digital but still somebody has to grow paddy in order to get rice whatever you say same thing you have to have good typeface development matching to to today's lifestyle today's uh, people and mindset you require modify create whatever it is i don't worry about authorship but you require to create that so it would come and more important is typography than type design because nowadays nobody gives a farmer any credit who struggle and create paddy uh, but we give uh, ra- uh, rice people india rice and this and that the branding is becoming very important who sells it who distributes it so it is more towards message meaning communication but behind all those things at a hard core would be text and text would be ruled by written words or print uh, screen based words which is on the screen so understanding what behaves better what reads better on a screen what works on a paper requires some sort of a training and sensitivity and people like me who has been lucky to have all three or four generation experience can sense it we can contribute to we can live with today's world but can continue with that sensitivity or contribute to that sensitivity ages back what we got it's like writing people don't write any more by hand so much but hand writing would never get lost people keen 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 is like calculating now you don't have that mathematic where you do uh, uh, tables and all but still there's a new way of mathematic emerging but basic logic behind mathematic is much stronger same thing should happen with typography other thing is for you today i think they have all opportunity if they are clear that clarity of mind and clarity of choice is very important and then that comes only if the trust and today's youth trust is very difficult they don't trust anything <laughs> so now they they have to have be sensitive they have to understand and be sensitive mm-hmm. so true uh, so i think uh, that's a good uh, note to end this uh, thank you sir for uh, giving us your time and uh, like it was great uh, talking to you uh like i hope we can uh, like we wish to call you again to have uh, more uh, audio gan sessions in uh, different design disciplines uh thanks a lot no and thanks you also to give me this platform probably my future generation get some yeah okay thank you and that's it from today's gan session with professor mahendra patel stay tuned for more gan on audio gan next week till then bye And that's it from today's Gyan session. Catch us on iTunes, Savan, Stitcher, or any podcasting app you use. Do rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Stay tuned for more Gyan on AudioGyan.com. Till then, bye.
it's been a great week on the IVM podcast network on this round is on me gauri is joined by shweta nanda they talk about the financial independence and how it is to be a woman entrepreneur on anish thing anish welcomes ultra marathon runner shivani gharat shivani shares her journey of how she ran her first marathon the mindset of a runner and what it actually takes to run a full marathon on cock and bull cyrus navin akash and shreyas talk about the korean band bts serving in the military and its repercussions on think fast varun and suchita discuss wing greens and their latest acquisitions and about the indian sexual wellness market and on shuni one shiladatya is joined by dinika bhatia ceo and founder of natigrities they talk about coming from a business family and dinika's journey in creating healthy and guilt free snacking once again don't forget to visit our merch store on ivmpodcast.com we have some exciting new merch out there for you also do follow us on social media we are ivm podcasts on twitter facebook instagram and linkedin and do remember to spread the word about these shows and any other shows you might be listening to appreciate them rate them and review them wherever you are listening to them you can also check out all our other shows on youtube.com/ivmpodcasts and finally we would like to thank our sponsors this week Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, Kotak Privy League Program, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thanks, guys. Without you, this would not be possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms, and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IVM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from.